Good morning, Gold Avenue Church. This is Pastor Gina on this first Sunday of 2021. So blessings on your new year. And as we gather together today to look at God's word, I'm going to invite you to turn to Matthew 28. And we're going to be looking at Matthew 28, 16 to 20. And before we do, would you pray with me, please? Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your sustaining grace through 2020. And Lord, we praise you and thank you for the hope of a new year of 2021 with you. And Lord, I pray that as we open your word today, I pray that you would um, be moving mightily in our minds and in our hearts, planting your word deep within us, Lord, I pray that you would give us renewed vision and guidance and strength and encouragement and hope in your word. You are good, and we exalt your name together. And it's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. All right, so Matthew 28. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I am so excited to bring this message to you this morning because I feel like at the start of this new year that Jesus is speaking a command with very clear instructions for our work as a church. And so as I'm standing here and um, recording this message, I'm looking out the window and seeing snowflakes falling down kind of slowly, sometimes a little earlier. It was coming down heavier. There, It's under freezing outside. The brown dry grass of fall is covered with white snow. There's um, winter storm warnings in some areas. And um, what what do you think about when you look out at this winter gray day snow? And when I think about what people are thinking about at this time, I reflect back to what my grandpa used to be thinking about at this time of year. And what he was envisioning as he looked out, on the bleakness of a winter day, in his mind he would be seeing growing things, green things, new life popping up, because he would be looking at his seed catalog. My grandpa had a large garden, and um, he would look through the pages and circle things that he was interested in, because he was envisioning big, red, crunchy radishes. He was thinking about cucumbers and long vines of green leafy 
um, leaves and then those beautiful cucumbers that would hide under until they would grow so big that you would they would poke out from behind the leaves. He would be thinking about um, hills of beans. And did Grandma want the string beans that she liked to can? Did she want the broad beans that she would string and dry up and she called them leather britches? Um, would she want those blue lake beans that seemed to be the newfangled thing that everybody seemed to be raving about? Oh, what kind of seeds would he want to plant? He'd be thinking about the hills that, of dirt that he would put the potatoes in to grow potatoes. He would be thinking about what type of corn did he want, and he hoped that those stalks would grow straight and tall, and maybe this year he would try that bicolor corn. It was so sweet, and people seemed to really like it. He would be praying, and he would be planning, and he would be preparing to plant, and in his mind he could see the harvest. And when he would read that catalog, not only was he looking for what did he want to plant, but what kind of conditions was it going to need? Because it's really important to follow the directions to get the intended result. If you've ever planted anything in the wrong conditions, um, I asked Dane, could he think of something that we planted in the past that we planted it in the wrong place or in the wrong conditions? And he's like, yeah, like every year. <laughs> Because I'll see this plant, this beautiful flower or something, and I maybe haven't paid attention that it needs full sun, and I maybe put it in the shade, and of course it doesn't thrive. It, um, you know, I used to think that our yard was full sun, but as the trees have grown, it's become more shady. And so I need to pay attention to those right conditions. But my grandpa would be looking at what he wanted to plant and what the conditions that would be needed, and then my grandpa just couldn't have good thoughts about it, about being a farmer. He had to be intentional, and he had to work. He had to plow the ground, and he had to he had to order the seeds and get the seeds and plant the seeds at the right time. And then grandpa had to pray for the harvest because there were conditions that he could not control, like the sunshine, the temperature, the rain amount that were needed for that harvest. Well, Jesus had been through a season, a great harvest, when he came and was incarnated on the earth. He lived on this earth, and he started to announce and proclaim the kingdom of God. And he started to um, make things right and redeem things. We started to see him heal people, forgive their sins, have followers, make disciples, and it had been a thriving season. It had gone from 12 to 72 to sometimes great crowds were following him. But following that great harvest, there was a dark season. There was a hard season. There was a, maybe we would call it like a harsh winter season. And just across the pages on here on Matthew, at the end of Matthew, we read about that harsh season of his um, going before the leaders and his crucifixion and his burial. And then there was the hope of his bodily resurrection. But even within his resurrection and him appearing before his disciples, Matthew inserts right here between at the beginning of chapter 28 and the end of chapter 28, where the guards were already starting to put bribes out 
and try to cover their tracks and um, just kind of dismiss this idea of Jesus' resurrection and trying to give a different narrative. And so we see that this growing season, this next growing season of making disciples was likely to be a hard year. And so Jesus gathers them in Galilee and they reassess what is this next growing season going to look like? And Jesus begins to tell them and remind them, I want you. What are you supposed to be doing? I want you to make disciples. And the conditions are going to be difficult, but I'm going to be with you. And he calls them to an intentional effort and um, to go. And we know from other um, gospels that they're to wait and pray until they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But there is a planting season that he's calling for, a growing season. But it's it's one where they have to stop and he talks to them clearly before he ascends. Well, in 2020, it's we um, as we reflected at noon prayer, the last noon prayer of um, 2020, we spent time in gratitude and thinking about all the goodness that we have seen and all the ways that God has worked mightily in our midst as a church and in a region of churches through the Empowered for Witness um, and through our church and different ministries and the growth that was happening. And then um, we also were able to name that not only had it been a wonderful season, it had also been a hard season with COVID and the shutdown of our corporate gathering. And yet we had seen God sustaining grace and we named that. So we kind of looked at what kind of season and what have the conditions been that we've been in. And then it seemed like the Lord was, has just been calling us as a church and as leadership to be, get really clear on what is it that God is calling for? What does he want us to do as a church and to name that? And it seemed like the Lord has just really put it on our hearts. This scripture from Matthew to make disciples and to um, do it in a way that no matter what the conditions that um, the church would grow in any variety of conditions. And so the sense that we've had and the message that we feel like the Lord has given us is to go and make disciples, to be intentional in our effort of discipleship. And that we know that um, this isn't going to happen in our own strength. There's going to be a cooperating with the Holy Spirit and towards the Father's purposes, but we're going to have to pray, and we're praying that the Lord would mature us and multiply us as disciples. So let's look again at this um, word from the Lord to us here at the beginning of 2021. He says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. And that um, go is a command. Um, he's saying, you all go, go, and that verb tense is, it means as you go. So as you're going along, as you're going, wherever you're going, go and make disciples. And so our mission field is wherever the Lord has us. And so um, for some of us, it's right here in our homes. And for others of us, it's in our work settings. 
And as you go about your um, walk on your street, as you go in your out in your community, that going can have a very local command and focus, and it also can have a global command, just like Nick Vanderplug heard the Lord say to go to Africa um, in the past year, and so he went. And so as you're going and as you go, wherever the Lord calls you, um, go and make disciples. That word make, go and make disciples. The, um, it does not mean go and force people to become Christians. We are not um, reading this to say let's repeat the Crusades of um, history. But what we see this is go and make disciples is this idea of um, as often Jesus used agricultural farming pictures, um, go and plant, go and nurture, go and shape, go and help develop, to grow up, go and tend to people so that they'll become disciples. And that word disciple means one who knows, trusts, loves and obeys Jesus Christ, cooperating in the growth of God's kingdom. So go and make ones. Go and tend to, go and cultivate ones who would know God. And as they grow in their knowledge of God, they're going to grow in their trusting of God because they're going to know how good he is. And they're going to look at these stories of Jesus and what he went through for us to redeem us and to save us. Go and make disciples. Go and make people who will love me and who will obey me, he says. And so go and make disciples. And then from that command and that that major force of that verb is the make disciples. Make disciples. And then how do we do that? These two um, participles, baptizing and teaching. And both of these kind of pick up that verb force of a command. And so the Lord's saying, Go and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and go and teach to obey everything I've commanded you. And when I think about baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, church, what came to my mind is Easter Sunday a couple of years ago when um, the joy of listening to the, um, I think there were 10 professions of faith on that Sunday, and then we had many baptisms in the immersion tank. Do you remember that Sunday? All lined up across the front of the um, church, we got the joy of listening to professions of faith of those who had been raised in the church and those who had just come into the faith and to profess their love for God and their beginning trust in God, that they had placed their trust in him and that they, we know they're going to grow up in that trust in God. Um, do you remember? I remember what I was wearing that day. I remember getting into the baptismal tank. I remember them going under the water and coming back up and remembering that that's a picture of their sins being washed away and them rising up into new life. I remember the joy. And so when we hear that, go and make disciples, baptizing them, he's telling us there is joy. There is bushy green 
green bean plants, there's potatoes coming, there's corn, there's, like, think about a farmer and how excited he is to think about this new life and this newness that's coming, and that's to what we have to look forward to, and that's what Jesus is calling us into, is this, go and baptize, go and put the mark and the seal of my Holy Spirit on a little infant that um, has been blessed to be born into a Christian family. And um, to see that that baby is helpless, but God chooses. And to see a, an adult, or maybe it's a teenager, that suddenly, even though they've never been baptized, they weren't raised in a Christian family, but they hear the good news of Jesus Christ and what he's done on that cross, and the hope of salvation and new life in him, and they put their faith in him, and they stand up and profess it, and they're baptized. Hallelujah. This is what he's saying. Go and bring people into this joy. Go and help them transfer into this kingdom, the kingdom of light. And then he says, when they are baptized, they're going to need to be catechized. They're going to need to be taught. They're going to need to learn um, what I've commanded so that they can live in my kingdom in a way that they'll flourish and that'll cause flourishing. And so he says, go and disciple people, make disciples and teach them. And so the definition of discipleship, the intentional process of maturing and multiplying disciples of Jesus Christ. And so church, what Jesus was saying was go and baptize And then go and help disciple people to know God, to be in his word so that they will obey his commands because they'll realize that he knows the way he designed us to live and to flourish. And then Jesus gives these words at the end and he says, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And as we, as Gold Avenue Church, hear that, we hear that through the lens of thinking about the fall sermon series about Jesus' return and how hard it was going to get before his return. And we hear and we look at the troubling times that we live in and we listen afresh and we hear this promise of Jesus to us and we take it to heart that he himself will be with us. Emmanuel, Jesus, will be with us. As we looked at the Advent season, who is Jesus? Who is this one that's with us? He's the Son of God, the one who would be with us in fiery trials. He's the horn of salvation, the strong king. Jesus will be with us, the one who is king of kings and lord of lords. Jesus, the Messiah, the delivering one, the promised one. He will be with us always. Jesus, who is the light of revelation to Gentiles, the one, he's this, like a farmer needs the sunshine, the natural sun. We disciple makers, we church who are called to go and make disciples, we need the one who is the light of revelation to all those who don't know him. And he promises to be with us. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. And so he's called us, church, Gold Avenue, to initiate and take a step of what feels like to us great faith to initiate a year of discipleship, to start discipleship groups that would study the gospel tool and the 
Bible study curriculum that goes with it. Why do I say it's a great step of faith? Well, number one, because we've had small group initiatives in the past and they've kind of floundered. And yet it feels like God's saying, do this and do it in this way. And so we're taking a step of great faith, trusting that he's going to help us each and every step of the way. He says this, he says, go and make disciples. And I want to point out that it doesn't say who he's talking to, but the assumed noun or the subject of that sentence is you all, the community of believers. And so whoever is listening to this sermon right now, Jesus is saying, all of you, you all go and make disciples. And so this is um, a command. And I'm offering an invitation that if you haven't already signed up for a discipleship group and picked up your curriculum from the church, please contact Stephanie. She'd love to help talk to you about um, group opportunities that might be available, or maybe there's other ways. If you can't participate in a discipleship group, maybe you do an independent study and have some um, follow-up and support in some way. But um, he, we believe he's calling all of us from the young ones to the most senior among us, to um, step into the joy and the calling of being farmers, so to speak, of being those that look out at the winter and look out at the circumstances of life. And we aren't seeing this. um, What we see in the natural might be a snowy day of winter, but what we're seeing in the spiritual is new growth, new life, new believers, maturing believers, growing up in their faith, and we're doing it together. And we're doing it as we go along, wherever we are. So we're doing our Bible readings daily. We're weekly doing a Bible study together. And we're thinking along the way, day by day, how does this apply? Is there something I've read that might help someone? And we're seeking to cultivate, to be farmers, to start tilling the soil, and start praying, and start following in obedience. We want to make disciples, and we believe that we do that by interacting in each other's lives, that we help form and shape and mold one another to grow up in our faith. We don't do this solo. We don't, become, we don't grow up as mature disciples as lone rangers. We grow up in community. And so um, I just want to encourage you, if you have some trepidation or some anxiety about being together in a group, just know that every single person, we all come in broken and in need of a Savior. We all come in with areas of growth where we need to grow. None of us is fully mature, but we long to be mature because we long to better reflect the love and goodness of Jesus to those around us. We all together, we believe, are going to grow up as disciples who know and trust and increasingly love and obey Jesus. And we believe that God is going to work in such a way that he'll bring in a harvest, that he'll multiply us, that he will bring infants and new believers into baptism, that we'll have the opportunities to um, encourage and help 
teach each other and share insights together about who God is, about his kingdom, about our relationships with him. We believe that we'll be able to speak into each other's lives and encourage each other in the roles that he's given us to play. When I looked at the Christmas card that um, came with the church email, and many of you sent in pictures, and I just loved looking at the pictures of each of you and um, those of your family. And I, I noticed that um, many of you are growing up. And um, those of you that were shorter the last time I saw you, or maybe you weren't even walking yet, and now you're walking or you're talking, or maybe some of you just have grown six inches, um, and I can tell in your face that you're changing and you're growing. And I love seeing that physical development and you growing up. But I want to tell you, as a pastor and as church leaders, we love even um Maybe, dare I say more, um, but we just love seeing you grow up spiritually and seeing those of you that are stepping out in faith and um, taking on new roles. Some of you are offering to host discipleship groups or be facilitators. Um, some of you served on the regathering team that gave some direction and some um, recommendations to our elders about how to safely regather when it's time. Some of you have graduated as prayer apprentices, and you're growing up, and you're using your gifts. Some of you are doing new volunteer roles, and I just want to shout out to Katie Harrison for helping Stephanie with the um, all-church emails recently. Thank you. We see and we celebrate the way that we see God growing up others of you in submission, um, welcoming correction, Desiring to honor your spouse, desiring to work in honor with those that are in authority, whether it be in church or schools or government. We see and hear testimony, whether it's yours or other people saying they're seeing growth in you. And we celebrate that growth. We celebrate the growth that we see in all of us as God's growing us in patience, in perseverance. God's growing us as peacemakers. God's growing us in gift use. Some of you are growing by leaps and bounds in the gift of prophecy, um, giving. We praise God for faithful giving to our church so that the ministries can continue. We praise God for the growth of wisdom and um, in creative gifts and even the way that Stephanie McLean and Mark and um, Pastor Jalisa have worked on this at-home liturgy this last year and developed a blog and the beautiful curriculum that um, Stephanie is formatting and helping give leadership to. We just praise God for growth. We praise God for many of you that just have told us that over this past year you're growing deeper in your love for God's word and spending time in prayer. We praise God for that growth. And as those that feel like um, sometimes when you're in church leadership, you kind of see yourself as like a, yeah, like a farmer. You're just trying to grow, grow people up and trying to give the right conditions and tend people or make sure that others are tending and um, caring, like the care elders and all the different um, ways that we just need these conditions to be right for people to grow up. And we celebrate when that happens. And then we know that it happens when we lay the work, the framework, in prayer 
And so I want to go back to that last prayer gathering at noon um, of 2020. And as we were praying and giving thanks for all the ways that we had seen God work in 2020, we started to pray towards 2021 and thinking about his promise to be faithful and his love enduring forever and his faithfulness to us. And as we prayed, we felt like, you know how sometimes people will say at the beginning of a year, they stop and kind of evaluate and what is the word for this year? Well, we weren't seeking the Lord for a word, but it seemed like the Lord gave us a word for 2021 and it was radical that we could expect God to be a radical God and that there would be radical love. And we felt like that there would be a radical redeeming of the times. And as we prayed, we prayed for a mighty move of the Holy Spirit. And we just sensed that the Lord wanted to grow up and bring a revived church and a revival. And we prayed and we sensed and just like a, a farmer would be thinking about what kind of beans or cantaloupe or whatever, all these things were coming in prayer. And we felt like we believe 2021 will be a year where there's a return of prodigals and that love will just be bursting like a fountain out of Gold Avenue Church, that the Lord would bring radical freedom and radical faith and radical humility and radical righteousness and radical power. And we trust that in answer to prayer, we expect to see that God is going to help our vision as a church to start to be realized that we will see the gospel of Jesus Christ transform our lives, our neighborhood, and the world as we study the gospel of the kingdom of God together as a church. As we seek to obey God and go and make disciples, we believe that God is going to do more than we could possibly ask or imagine. Will you pray with me, please? Lord, we thank you that you give us seasons. And Lord, we thank you that in this season, as we think about what you're wanting us to plant in the gospel and that it would grow up into disciples and those that would be disciple makers. Lord, we thank you for seasons and we thank you that you give us the opportunity to think and be intentional about our actions. And Lord, I pray that as we together as a church commit to this obedience to your call to be those that would seek to grow up and mature as disciples, Lord, I pray that you would bless our obedience, that you would help us to be faithful to this calling. Lord, I pray that you would cultivate the environment that each person is in, Lord, whatever discipleship group they're in. Lord, I pray that you would cultivate that environment so that it would be just the right conditions for each one to grow, for each one to flourish. And Lord, I pray that you would send the reign of your Holy Spirit and the light of Jesus Christ. And that you would bring in a mighty harvest for your glory. We pray. And all together we said, Amen.